Welcome to Prim and Prosper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. So Marinella, this week we are trying something totally different, um, seeing what we think of, of this type of an episode. But we are reflecting back to a decade. Uh, we're both in our 30s later 30s and Mm -hmm. we have lived uh, our full 20s and had plenty of years past the 20s to reflect on them so I think our episode today on advice we would give our 20 year old selves you know I think we're in a good position to give some advice yeah I don't think that uh, 30 year old me would have been prepared to speak about the 20s I don't think it really hit me So maybe like that 33 mark, and now that I'm currently 36, which I have to remind myself of constantly. um, Yeah, I can see a lot of opportunity from the 20s that I wish I had kind of dove into. Totally. Yeah, and I guess maybe that's some knowledge drop for 20-year-olds. Eventually, and not even that late in life, you just start forgetting how old you are. I have to constantly think of how old I am as well. I'm like, wait, am I 37 or am I 38? What year was 84 to now? What's the math on that? It's, it's It's a real doozy. Uh, In preparing for this episode, you know what I was thinking about? Do you remember that song? Everyone, I don't think the name of the song is actually this, but everyone called it the Wear Sunscreen song. And it sounded like a commencement speech. It was like to the class of 1999, Wear Sunscreen. It was something like that, right? It was like spoken Mm -hmm. word. I think actually, if, if, if I recall... Whoever did the song wrote it or based it off of somebody's commencement speech a couple years prior. Like, I, I think it was like a reimagining of an actual commencement speech. I don't know. It's a little, my memory on this is a little blurry. Um, but when we were prepping for this, I that song kind of came to mind, the cobwebs of my mind of high school. And I was like, that is actually the piece of advice I'd like to start off with is wear sunscreen. And I know that's maybe more practical than the rest of our advice may seem, but as someone who now has to go every single year to get a uh, skin cancer screening, uh, because I'm very white, very pasty, and I grew up in Florida, and I had my fair share of sunburns because I thought it would be cool to try to get a tan, but you know what? The skin doesn't tan, so I I don't really know why I was wasting my effort on that. Um, so that would be my first piece of advice is to listen to that song and also wear sunscreen. Do both. Yes. Um, I remember the song. I actually think the song might have been like um, one of the options to vote for our high school graduating song. I don't know if that was like during the ceremony or just in general. Um, we s- actually settled on the the Wonder Years theme song, which was weird to me for the class of 2003 i didn't really get it but we got there but yeah uh sunscreen absolutely i would say my 20s um i probably went to the doctor zero times like for anything i um i wasn't having sex with men so i didn't feel the need to go get a screening for birth control or find out any about any of that stuff and i was just like i'm healthy i'm not gonna go and now 
you know, knowing what we know now about how important preventative measures are for screenings and all of that, yeah, totally. Especially in college when a lot of that is covered by your ridiculous tuition that you pay. Yeah, so here's something that I kick myself about all the time now was the Gardasil shot, right, which I'm assuming most women my age and younger have gotten, and that's the one that helps protect against most strange uh, uh, strains of HPV. Uh, that came out when we were in college or started to become widely available around the time we were in college, so we were like the getting close to the upper age of which you could get the shot but it was still a really big push to get college age women to to get the Gardasil shot and I was bad about preventative care in my 20s and never got that vaccine and when I graduated college undergrad I worked in the restaurant industry for a bit really didn't have insurance didn't really go to the doctor right so then I think the cutoff is age 26 for that shot, or it's about it's somewhere in there. So anywho, I never, never got that. And now I'm, you know, 37 and susceptible to all the strains of HPV. So that is one reason why you should go to the doctor and do some preventative care right there if you're a woman. Uh, yeah, I certainly never got it. I didn't think even twice to get it like um yeah didn't get it so i'm right there with you we'll go down together and hpv was very scary at that time like it was new i think to everybody uh women were getting like their cervixes scraped and all sorts of stuff like parts of their body removed it was just like really freaky stuff so i knew it existed i just I think that I thought it wasn't a risk to me because I wasn't having sex with men, um, that having sex with women was safer, which I don't know that it's not, but I don't feel that that was, a, that was something I explored. I'm totally with you. I also had this mindset like, well, I use condoms, you know, but not necessarily the case with HPV. Like it can just be any genital to genital contact, that motherfucking virus really wants to make it easy to spread um, and I have known a fair amount of women I mean you talk about like the cervix scraping and I, I've known a fair amount of women who have had to have all sorts of treatments done whether it's like freezing or the scraping or just having to constantly go in and get pap smears to monitor things like I've mm -hmm. lucked out and I should like knock on wood that I've still kind of lucked out although I learned from my gynecologist couple of years ago because the older you get the less as long as you've not had an abnormal pap smear they they're like oh you can go every three or five years I think I'm almost at every five years now which is insane to me but my doctor was saying that a fair amount of women can contract HPV and probably would test positive for it if they had a, a pap smear done but because it's maybe not the time of the year they're getting their pap smear, it might actually heal and resolve itself by the time they do get their pap smear. So like our bodies, for a lot of strains, strains of HPV, I guess, fight that off pretty well. Still though, I guess my, I should be like, take your chances. Your body will probably fight it off. That's not my advice. My advice is to just do the preventative thing. Go get the Gardasil shot. Go wear your sunscreen. Go get your 
I'll, you know, go to the doctor and get your blood pressure taken and get your blood drawn. Get, yeah. All of that. Do that. Get those get those teeth cleaned. Yes. Just do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dental God. was definitely uh, a big reality once I, you know, had to start paying for insurance. I'm like, dental is either not provided at all all the time or it doesn't cover much and I really had like tons of problems with my teeth. So I looking back I just I didn't pay and also, you know, drinking until you're like wasted at night you think you're remembering to brush those teeth after you had you know a case of smirnoff ice absolutely not and that burrito on the way home because you know that you were hungry for some late night crappy food yeah you didn't brush your teeth after that i am i i think like many people had a fear of the dentist and was bad about going consistently and I would say, even if you can't always afford to get all the dental work done you need to, go and get your teeth cleaned. And, you mm-hmm. know, again, do do all of those preventative things, especially if you have insurance. Kicking, kicking yeah. myself on those because now I'm paying for them in my 30s. I'm so sorry. <sighs> You know what? It's like learn the don't don't be mean. Learn the lessons the hard way, right? Maybe maybe we're preventing one twenty something from learning lessons the hard way. I certainly still don't go to the doctor enough. Like I want to say that I've learned the lesson completely. Like and, and now I'm like really regimented. But there's still something very like avoidant of me of just taking care of my own health mm-hmm. outside of you know working out and eating well. I. I just, yeah, it's a thing still. So maybe if I had started that habit earlier, it would feel more normal now. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I'm, I, I feel like I'm starting to make it normal. Um, but then COVID hit, and I actually didn't schedule a lot of, like, I didn't see my dermatologist last year because I was like, well, there's COVID. I'm not going to go for this. Uh, and I've read that a lot of people had not gone into their doctors for their regular visits. And so now people are discovering that they have some sort of disease, whether it be cancer or, you know, blood pressure, something that's more out of control or more, you know, further progressed than it probably would have been caught normally if, if they've been going to their appointments. Um, so I guess I really can't even use, you know, COVID as an excuse because it's, it's really, um, they're seeing the data on that now that people who put off appointments are, are unfortunately catching things in a, at a later point or a later stage. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So what I thought would be a lighthearted way to start this with where sunscreen took a, a serious turn. <laughs> But, you know, it is, this sort of stuff is important. Um, so, Myrna, what is one tip uh, or piece of advice you would have for young 20-year-olds, including yourself, if you could go back in time? Along the lines of health, I would say that I wish that I had put more of a priority on my mental health. I started, like, realizing things about myself. I realized that I was gay. I kind of finally accepted that I had been, you know, uh, sexually attacked as a child, things like that, that I never really dealt with. Mm -hmm. And once I got to college, um, I was only 18, but those years I kind of, I really struggled with relationships and myself. And I just 
never thought to even like open that door. I think one time uh, a girlfriend of mine at the time like dragged me to like the college therapist that they had on campus for an appointment. And that was the only time I'd gone. And I never checked back in up until recently. And I just, I feel like maybe back then too, there was less of um, uh, a conversation about mental health, but uh, I would definitely check, check more into that stuff back then if I could have. Yeah, I think that's a really important one. And I, I do think you're, you're right. Part of it is we probably don't take that as seriously at age 20, but I think a larger part of it is society as a whole was not taking it very seriously up until the past couple of years. Um, I've worked in the mental health field since I was 20... Five, twenty-six. I don't know. So a little over, like twelve years. I've worked in the mental health field, and even in those twelve years, I have seen the stigma around mental health decrease a lot. And I will say, and I maybe have said this on the podcast before, that that might be one of the silver linings of the pandemic is that it's become much more normal and natural to talk about mental health concerns. And, and in that vein, I hope that means a lot of younger people are having those conversations at home with their parents or with their peers, and it means they're more likely to seek out support if they feel that they need it at a younger age. I do agree, though, that I wish... So I did do some counseling in my 20s, but it was very specific to grief after my mom passed. And I didn't really explore some of the other stuff. And, and there have been other trauma in my life as well that I didn't recognize really in, probably until my later 20s, early 30s. And then also not only recognize that, that those things were kind of traumatic, but also that they still had an impact on who I am today. I, we are very good as a society. And I know that this of myself, of just like brushing things under a rug and pretending that the rug is laying flat on the floor when there's like a big bump in it of shit that we've brushed under it. And yeah, that sort of stuff will continue to impact you the rest of your life if you don't, you know, figure something out, talk about it. learn to maybe understand it better I mean it right I'm, I'm kind of speaking in these generalizations because it really depends what you've gone through in your life but what I do know is holding that in is never the answer <laughs> so yeah or even just like you know if I had picked up more books that maybe would uh maybe make me think differently about situations or encourage me or, you know, think about moving my body to make myself feel better, maybe cut back on some of the the drinking and taking drugs and stuff like that, that all I feel like would have been connected had I just gone and seen somebody mm-hmm. or talked to somebody. Yeah. I mean, that's another area, too, where they're only now starting to do more research into is what people sometimes term like the mind-body connection. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it's as simplistic as telling somebody who's feeling depressed, go outside and have a walk and you'll be better. Like that is not, I'm not trying to oversimplify anybody who's going through serious mental health concerns. But 
there is, right, there is for sure a connection. And it's a two-way thing. If you are stressed, you are more likely to have a heart attack or a stroke or other serious health conditions. So ignoring, you know, any mental health issues is going to hurt your physical health as well. Um, And oftentimes I think that that's what would happen is people ignore their mental health issues and then somewhere down the line it could be decades later they start having a lot more physical ailments because it's just years of that stress taking the toll on their body and what gets them to finally seek any sort of help is because they've had a heart attack or a stroke and they're like yeah your stress levels are off the chart you have to figure out ways to manage that um Mm -hmm. so yeah there's definitely a connection between our physical health and our mental health and you can't you can't neglect one you have to you have to pay attention and prioritize both so i think that's a really good good advice for 20 20 year olds to take into account what about you anything that you would uh, suggest from your to your 20 year old self so lots <laughs> as i said to you earlier we may need to do a part two three four because when you really start thinking about it you can have lots of advice for your past self um, but perhaps on a more I don't know light-hearted fun note I think 20 should be about being adventurous and I think that that can take form in a lot of different ways so for me one of the things that I did do in my 20s and I'm always so thankful I did was move to a different city because I, that was like a huge you know I had grown up I mean, I lived in New England as a kid, but for most of my life, I grew up in Florida in the same community, had the same friends, you know, and and I'm still friends with some of those people, but I, it, it would have been so comfortable and natural just to, after college, go back to that community or even stay in the town that I went to college, which was 90 miles away from where I grew up. So it was, you know, pretty much the same part of town. Um, so that, that move was huge for me and it opened up a whole new world that I didn't even think I would love, but I did. And I don't think it has to be moving away. I think being adventurous could be just traveling in general. You know, maybe you want to stay and be near family or or have your roots where you grew up, but you can still travel and, and be exposed to different cultures, different ideas, different ways of living, what have you could be trying out different cuisines. I didn't, I tried out, when I moved to Chicago, you have so many ethnicities here and we have so many ethnic cuisine that I have, I've eaten so much diverse food that I would have never probably eaten had I not, you know, been adventurous and and be willing to try new things. Could be new hobbies. Um, It could be random classes in college or taking, um, you know, trying out a trade you know just I don't know explore and try new things be adventurous that would be my one of my tips I don't know if you have any thoughts on that concept yeah I think that adventure was something that I kind of lacked after I graduated college I went I I stayed in the service industry and if I think about it it's kind of like I was in the perfect job at the time where I had more freedom to actually do those things you know I I still had a roommate my costs were low I was super hyper focused on paying off my loans and being very like responsible but you know at the same time I knew I wasn't in my career so I kind of was just like 
and a holding pattern. And I, I wish I spent more of that time like traveling. I did travel some to different states, but I always had like these big grand ideas of like just going all over the country, seeing everything. And I, I could have done it. I just, I think, got so caught up in what I thought I was supposed to do that I didn't kind of make the time for it. And as far as like more creative like classes and like like I guess classes that weren't anything to do with having a major in college, I did take like a drawing class and I wish I had taken more classes that were like way outside my scope because when I took that class, I realized how much I did enjoy it. And I sometimes wonder like, had I tried that multiple times, like maybe I would have really found the thing that I really, really enjoy. And, and I mean, it's not too late, but that's kind of like the prime time to do it. For sure. You have a lot. It gets tougher the older you get to make these things happen. Um, I think part of it is you're expected to be doing some of this in your 20s and I know not everyone has the privilege of having their parents kind of be a safety net for them financially or whatnot, but, you know, it's a lot easier to try something, go to a school, go to a trade school, try something out, it doesn't work, and you can, you know, maybe move home. There's always like a a bit more of a safety net, I guess is all I'm saying, where the older you get, that safety net is is just you. and so it's harder to, I think, be as risky or risk-taking as far as professional um, endeavors or just, you know, lots of things, right? It's harder to take risks the older you get. I wish, I, and I don't know how I necessarily would have tried this, so I don't fault myself for it, but if I could go back, it's so tough. Like, I met so many of my best friends in college, so I don't want to ever take that experience away because I can't imagine not having those friendships. They got me through really difficult times. But there's part of me that wishes I had gone to trade school. I was so pushed to go to college and that, you know, I was told you go to college, you'll be set for life, you can get a career, you know, I was kind of given this this concept. Um, and. And it has been somewhat true. I've I've been lucky in that I've been able to have careers in the field I got my degree in. But if I could do it again, honestly, I think I would go to trade school. I always liked working with my hands, and I think I'm a pretty um, I don't I, like I think I pick up things like that pretty quickly, and women in the trades, man. You could own your own business. I think of that so much now. I'm like, I could own, I've thought so many times about owning my own plumbing business because as a single woman, how much do you not, when you have to have a handyman come out to your condo or your home, would you much rather hire a woman electrician or a woman plumber or a woman whatever, um, you know, to do the heating cooling on your AC, HVAC system, whatever, like, Man, I could have gone to school for plumbing, owned up, you know, owned a my own uh, plumbing business, cater it toward women. I would have been, I think I would have been good at it. Maybe not plumbing, but my point being something in the trades. 
Well, yeah, like, to that point, I, I always try to find a woman to come and do those types of things. Like, I had a drywall issue, and I searched high and low to find a woman that would come here and do it. She did an amazing job, but it did just make me feel more comfortable. Um, and as far as women in trades... They really want more women in trades. I don't know if it's more of a, you know, a union thing or balance or something. You do have to put up with some kind of discrimination in there at times. I will say that having working in like male dominated facility management jobs, it's a little dicey. But I mean, it wasn't an option that was presented to me either as Mm -hmm. like, a young teenager like hey you could go into the trades of this this and this it was never thought of and I think also for for myself like at the time the military was also an option for me and I thought recently I think I would have done pretty well being a part of that dynamic just with my personality my ability to want to work as a team you know I'm I just think I would have done well, but, you know, back then, 9-11 was real, and everyone was just terrified about joining the military, so even if I'd taken some time to really think on what I'd want to do, rather than just jumping into, like, debt for tuition, like, I say this now, like, what, what pressures us from going from high school immediately into college and not taking those few years to figure it out, you know, mm-hmm. up until you're 21, why not, like... You're just racing to get this degree and then kind of you might not even know what you're going to do after that. So, yeah, my 18 year old self was didn't have an ability to really think into the future. And and yet you are you're making this big decision about what do you want to do the rest of your life? I don't know. So I, I do think there's something to being a bit adventurous, be willing to try different things Maybe that's taking a gap year or two. And again, I know that people's circumstances may not allow for certain privileges like taking a gap year, but it could be just that you work odds and end jobs to pay your bills and try out different things. Maybe it is taking some classes at community college and seeing what interests you. Maybe it's reading more or interviewing, you know, reaching out to people who work in different industries and just asking them. I think most people... I was afraid to do stuff like that, but most people want to be helpful. I mean, you'll have the occasional jerks and assholes, but especially if you're interested, for example, in going into the trades, I guarantee you that if you reach out to a woman who works in one of the trades you're interested in, she will make some time to give you a little bit of the lowdown of of what it's like, you know, challenges you may face, things to consider you know? Um, So I wish I had, I don't know if it's found a mentor or just be willing to talk to even my professors more, you know, just put myself out there to ask questions, to be curious. You know, I was curious in a lot of ways. I think I could have been a lot more curious and that might've led me, um, maybe it would have led me starting this podcast sooner. (laughs) Who knows? Was podcasting a thing back then? I don't know. When did it start? You know, I don't really know. It's such a bad concept of time. Who knows? A radio maybe it would, show, yeah, perhaps? maybe I'd have a radio show. 
Welcome to WBEZ Chicago, or whatever it is. I wish that was still a thing. (laughs) Other things that you would suggest to your past self? Um, I think I would take some time to reconsider being in the relationships that I was in in my 20s. Um, I was in a long-term relationship for the better half of my 20s in which I don't think I grew in whatsoever. And I think that I could have, I mean, I probably learned a few things, but I think it took away from that time where I could really kind of like explore what I wanted and I spent my entire 20s just chasing women constantly (laughs) and not in like a you know like a sexual like I want to get laid way it was just like I am so focused on a girlfriend all the time that if I could go back and just like once again have that mental health be like "Ah, why are you doing this I would have taken a deep pause from that Hmm. Or perhaps dated people based on more common interests. I kind of just looked for, like, the biggest train wreck I could find and was like, yeah, that's the one for me. <laughs> and I might have been the train wreck, too. I don't even know. I, that's quite possible. <laughs> Love it. And I don't, I don't recall you being a train wreck. I do recall you finding some train wrecks, though. Um <laughs> And I, so it's interesting because I dated around a fair amount in my 20s as well, all people with penises. And um, I was actually okay with not settling down. Like I saw it as I don't 100% know what I want. My parents had divorced when I was 10, so... I'd grown up with the statistic of, you know, if your parents divorce, you're likely to divorce as well. So I knew that I had to have a better understanding of, like, compatibility and what what would actually work long-term for me. So I didn't necessarily see dating around as bad. I'm actually okay with having done that in my 20s where I think I've slipped up is not progressing that into, okay, these are the traits that, you know, I find align with my values, I find I'm compatible with, let me seek out partners who who have those traits. I kind of like didn't then follow through with it. I have a better idea of what would work for me, but now I just don't put myself out there in relationships. And, and the <laughs> pandemic has made it like, I don't, what dates? I haven't dated anyone since the pandemic started. So that's actually really a lesson for my 30s. My 20s, I'm okay with the exploration I did in relationships. I do think it helped me, but I didn't do anything with that information. Yeah, I, I, I think I genuinely thought in my 20s that every woman I met was going to be the one I married. Every time. Every single one. I would be like, there's going to be a kid. I just really like went in deep and I wish that I kept it like more light and fun and thought more about like, oh, these are the things that we like to do. But I was just like straight for like the things that I would think that I wanted, but I don't really think I did. Mm. You're imagining your wedding ceremony on date one. 
Yeah, you know, like thinking about the first cat we're going to get together <laughs> and, you know, where we're going to move and all sorts of stuff that, you know, I, up until like my early 30s, I was like, you know, when I did finally meet somebody that I thought, you know, this could be the person that I marry. And then it became more like practical. And then I started thinking more practically. But in my 20s, I was just like straight for the fantasy. So that's that's an interesting component to this. So it is kind of checking in with yourself to see if you're caught up in... I think of it as like the Disney fantasy, right? They paint this picture. You find your Prince Charming, because it's all very heteronormative at Disney World. But, you know, you find your Princess Charming and then you live happily ever after. They never show what happens after the, you know, the first kiss or the you know, the moment that they connect and you just know it's magic. You never see the happily ever, you know, like it's not the reality, but it's, I, I, anyway, so I feel like we're fed this kind of fantasy that like when you find the person, it's perfect, which is such BS. Um, so I guess it's that challenging yourself. Are you living in a fancy world in these relationships or are you actually taking away information that's going to help you in, in finding somebody who is compatible long term and you know who is someone that you could see yourself with because I, I think the advice is often like don't get married in your 20s or early 20s right like give yourself time to explore but I, I think you bring up an interesting and good point about don't get caught up in thinking that things are going to be perfect if you find the right person um, and instead really try to to evaluate the relationships and what's working what's not have some practicalness to it oh yeah and and not get so caught up in the physical stuff like I would get very like ooh, she's like hot and that's all that matters and everybody's hot in their 20s honestly like <sighs> It just is. It's like that's your best time. So, yeah, that was that was the box to check for that. But uh, funny enough, with those Disney princess things, I've come across. And we'll have to. I'll have to send them to you. Like some memes of like a giraffe interviewing these princesses about like the reality of their relationships with these princes, and they're pretty yes. funny. Have you seen them? <laughs> No, but I love the whole concept because it's so true, right? Whatever happened to the Little Mermaid and Eric afterward, no one knows. They're they're pretty they're pretty bad messages actually to send to little girls. You're like, wait a minute. So like, I think the Little Mermaid one was something like, oh, so you had to change everything about yourself for this man to accept you, <laughs> <laughs> right? And that was my favorite like I love the little mermaid I was a child of the 90s that sh that mm, yeah um I know you look back and it's horrible horrible messages um my mother's best friend from college was a lit professor and she always always joked about like how horrible all those Disney tropes were and of course I was a girl who grew up loving them and one year when I was an adult um she got me a uh I don't know a musical you know where you turn the little thing on the bottom and it plays music music box yeah yeah I guess but it wasn't actually a box anyways it's a it's a little princess that's sitting she's got a little crown on but she's reading a book 
And she, anyways, my mom's best friend was like, stop watching Disney movies, get back to reading books, and then find yourself your future partner. Uh, and so I keep that on my bookshelf as just a bit of a reminder of like, you know, there are all of these fantasies and like, I don't know, BS stories that we're all fed our entire lives through the media and, and yeah, I'm going to go off on a tangent on this. I sense myself, so I'm going to reel it in, but we're, you know, we're fed all this like BS and it's so ingrained in who we are and how we see ourselves and how we see a future partner. And yeah, you got to check that shit. Make sure, (laughs) make sure you're not living in the Disney world. Mm -hmm. You're living in the real world. Yes. That's advice. (laughs) That is advice. Don't live in the Disney world. So my next, uh, kind of in the same vein as relationships, uh, is to find and nurture quality friendships. I think I, I see so many women who struggle with, not having healthy friendships. I'm not even talking like the relationships. I'm just talking, you know, they're friends with the person who's always dramatic, always needing them for support, calling them all hours of the night, you know, whatever. If a friendship should be a two-way street, and I'm not saying you don't support each other and that you're not there for each other during tough times, there's a real difference between someone going through a genuinely difficult time and like the drama stuff that, occurred in high school continuing into your 20s don't no do not make time for people who continue with high school drama after high school I've heard some I can only assume people in their 20s like on the phone like walking down the street just like talking about some of their stuff and I'm just like ooh. sounds like that could be handled like with a quick google advice search and calling it a day you know what I mean like really just dramatic stuff but I I feel like probably along the lines of like friendship in your 20s people do you know move away from each other during that time and then you're kind of making friends where you work and changing a lot of jobs so that might be tougher in the 20s because of that to just figure out how to make those genuine friendships but what do you think takes uh what do you think it takes to keep uh, friendships genuine in your 20s yeah um well I will say one little piece of uh, nugget of wisdom my mom had given me when I was getting ready for college was that I'm I might lose my high school friendships but that's not a bad thing that I would probably find people I connect with on a deeper level in college and I think her philosophy on it was you are friends with who you are growing up because you just grew up in the same area, right? Like you lived a couple blocks away, especially when we were growing up. You know, the internet didn't exist the way it does now. So you were not meeting people online. That just wasn't a thing. So you were truly friends with the kids in your neighborhood, the kids at your elementary school, middle school, high school. That's who you were friends with. And, you know, I think to my mom's point was like be open to as you move into life you're focusing on a career path and you're finding your true interests find people that share some of those things um, and be open to those people 
and don't necessarily get, you know, don't pressure yourself to hold true to childhood friendships if the only reason you were friends was just because you live close and it was a convenience friendship. Um, and there are friends from from childhood that I am still friends with, but it's because they weren't just convenience. Like, yeah, we met each other in childhood, but it was a deeper friendship and it's maintained. But there's a lot of people from high school that I, I don't keep touch with anymore and I don't feel bad about it because we just... Yeah, we were friends because we lived in the same neighborhood. But that was probably about where the extent of our interests and shared experiences and shared worldview ended. But I think as far as how do you know it's a genuine friendship is, you know, it's just kind of like those those signs of is it a give and take? If I'm going through a difficult time and I call this friend for support, are they there to support me and they're genuinely paying attention to me and, you know, checking in on me maybe afterward? Um, and vice versa, right, should be, again, that give and take, not so one-sided. Because I feel like that's a big red flag when you feel like you're always supporting them, always listening to them, and they're not really interested in the things that you're doing or asking you about how your life is going or they're for you when you really need them. That's not, that's not a very healthy friendship to me. Yeah, or if you're feeling like you're putting in, like, an exhausting amount of effort, like, you have to really, like, you know, there's friendships that I held on to, and then I kind of started realizing that I've really got to push myself to, like, spend time with this person or want to talk with this person or want to support this person, and I'm kind of fighting the natural flow of maybe this is supposed to be fading out you know or maybe this relationship's not going to be the same as it was before and finding myself meeting new people that I'm excited to talk to and granted I mean it is a new person but I do know a little bit more about who I am but in in your 20s I think that it's a little harder to to gauge but it's a good time to start Exactly. And I think it can also be good practice for relationships as well. I mean, right? It's a lot of the similar things. You don't want a one-sided relationship, a partner who is demanding or exerts your, your drains you of your energy or leaves you feeling bad or negative about yourself. Like any of those things. I, I That goes for both friendship and relationship. So... I think practicing quality relationships and practicing quality friendships help both, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Lived it, breathed it. (laughs) (laughs) Same. One train wreck at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So before we wrap up, are there any other... Uh, and I know we might revisit this topic, but are there any other big you know, pieces of advice or thoughts you have for your 20-year-old self? I think this probably will have to go into another episode, but another big piece of advice is to not identify so much about what you do for a job. You know, that's mm. like such a big thing in your 20s where it's like, got to have a career, got to have the dream job. Um, you know, focus on the dollar amount you're making or like if it's, you know, what you planned in your head and if it's not lining up. So 
you know, I feel like there's just more identity to yourself than your career. And I think in your 20s, you kind of hyper-focus on that. Well, I think, again, that goes back to, like, a societal message. You got to go to college and you got to know what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Get your major and whatever that is. And that's what you're going to do the rest of your life, right? It's this kind of, I don't know, this thing that we all accept is the way it's supposed to be. And it's not very realistic or... Yeah, I don't even think it's a great idea. Again, you're asking a bunch of 18-year-olds to make huge decisions about the next decades of their life, and that's a lot of pressure. And quite frankly, you can change it at any point. It, it, it isn't set in stone, right? So there shouldn't be this huge pressure about figuring it all out career-wise in your 20s, yet there does seem to be this yeah, pressure that exists to do it. Mm-hmm. Don't give in to the pressure. It's all yeah. imagined. Yeah. I I would love to see, like, even now, just thinking about, like, little kids asking them what they want to be when they grow up. Like, if the response had nothing to do with the career, that would be, like, to me, like, finally, there is more to the United States of America than getting a, a job. And that would be, yeah. to me, like, the time where it's, like, you can ask a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they just are, tell you something that has nothing to do with work. So interesting, and I, I won't go on a huge tangent on this, but I, I do like this idea as a topic. We can even do just a topic on identity. I was talking to a friend recently who's in therapy, and he was sharing with me one of the things he's working on is he doesn't know what his identity is. He was always, um, he grew up athletic, had always played sports, saw himself like as the athlete, the high school athlete. When he went to college, he played sports. He also went to college for um, something in that field. I almost don't want to give it away. I feel so bad sometimes giving away my friends too much info to describe them. But anyways, he focused on something that was like in the physical athlete realm and mm-hmm. works with some athletes. So it's like he had, he built his whole life around that. And now he finds himself, he's our age, and he finds himself like – an identity crisis in some ways like who am I I've always been this person but like I'm more than that right and it's it's this wait have I not really figured out who I am or what other things I you know are part of my identity or are part of my future you know so I I think identity is a real interesting concept and I think that in our 20s, we associate our identity and our value all with what you do for career, what you do for college and what you do in your career. And that's just couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> Come to find out as I approach my 40s, <laughs> that was not the truth. Yeah. Like, who are you once you t- if you could if you had to take it all away, you know, what would be left? And a lot of people, you know, my, myself included, were, I was always like, I don't know. I would struggle with it, too. And it's something I've been thinking more about. So I'm probably in a better position than I would have been if you had asked me that question three or four years ago. But I agree with you on that last point. We're going to we're going to have to dive into that on a future episode. Agreed. And I'm sure we'll come up with much, much more advice as well for our past selves and maybe delve into that again. Um, But for this week, uh, take care, everyone, and we will catch you next time. See you next time.